Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of Ethics and Law in Session, a podcast all about ethics and law brought to you by a Rio Grace law firm. My name is Will, and I am your host for today, and I have the pleasure of having a Rio Grace law's founder, Mr. Lindsay Healy, with me today on the show. So, hi, Lindsay. Um, hey, Will, you, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm, I'm actually really excited to talk about this sort of podcast. Ethics and law seems to be... Um, something that's that's front and central of many people who are looking at law firms and lawyers, etc. So it's 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 brilliant, really exciting. Yeah, man, I'm excited to talk to you today. Uh, so let's just get straight in and tell us what inspired you to start Aria Grace Law to begin with. Well, Aria Grace Law we set up two and a half years ago, and it was in reaction, I think, to several things that have been going on over many 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 years perhaps you know, centuries of, of, of law the uh, control and power that are based at the, the the people at the very top of organizations and the the way that they uh, law firms deal with things like greed control and all of the bad isms like racism sexism ageism elitism all of the things that that don't make a business conducive to collaboration, uh, driving things in the best interests of clients, you know, driving services, driving fees and prices to, to an affordable model for clients and for you know, next generational lawyers, etc. So there were a whole host of things that were wrong, in my view, in the way that traditional law firms were approaching um, the delivery of legal services. And there had been a couple of other breakout models, alternative law, you know, legal services providers, you know, over the previous couple of years behind that, you know, doing remote uh, legal services, talking about breaking free from the traditional models, who ultimately, in my view, then came back into the traditional mode itself, albeit working remotely and with a degree of flexibility. So I thought, well, if greed and control are the root of all isms and the bad things about it, then wealth share and focusing relentlessly on the clients and delivering real value to a client would be a brilliant alternative model. And in many ways, I describe ourselves today as not necessarily a law firm you know, doing ethics, but an ethical business model that does law. So it was to create a firm where you could have an, a, a, probably the best way of describing it as a, as a common ecosystem for clients, for lawyers, and for society. And so the way I, I, I wanted to set it up was to be able to distribute money and services and uh, ethical values and the way of doing those things equally across those three categories, clients, lawyers, and society. So the idea of having lawyers being able to work in the way that they want to work and have an equality of opportunity using absolutely top class experts you know, to deliver those legal services at a value 
because we don't have expensive buildings, we don't have expensive overheads. We take away all of those costs that are irrelevant to a client and we pass on all those cost savings to them. And that means clients get these amazing lawyers, but at vastly reduced rates. And then we use our delivery through these experts, through the ethical model, which is about flexibility. It's about diversity and equality and inclusion built into our DNA. It's about equal pay, it's paying everyone equally, including me as founder. And that's really, really important that you know, the founder is, is treated in the same way as everybody else. And then you know, the output of, of, of that machine then drives the societal benefits. So after every deal, we plant a tree. We do a huge amount of pro bono work because we're not driven by billable targets or, or anything. We can do the things that we want to do for societal benefit. And we give all of our profits to charity. And this is something that enables us to, to, to do three things. It's to give lawyers you know, the, the, the lion's share of, of the fees. It's to give clients huge, huge value. And it's to give the balance of everything else to society and create a structure for the next generations for them to come and play in a field of quality of opportunity. Thank you for that answer, Lindsay. Yeah, um, that was really interesting to hear. Thank you. It sounds like you're really going against the grain of kind of traditional law firms and traditional models. And that is yeah. very exciting to hear, especially with everything else that's going on <laughs> these days. So, yeah, I, well, I think so. Because, I mean, we, we, we're sort of saying that we're, 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 you know, no other law firm in the world does what we do currently but we want them to do it we want people to see that we're successful we want people to see that we're highly revenue generative we want people to see that we're profitable you know even though we choose to give our profits to charity you know there are so many ethical values and societal values in our overarching you know business model we want people to to see us as successful because then they will copy it or join us, or or expand it and grow it. You know, it's 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 really simple. We want to help other people. You know, do these sorts of things. And you know, we've we've had two or three other law firms or people starting up. Um, you know, contacting us and seeing how our model works so that they can implement it themselves. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Hard work, but brilliant. Yeah, no, thank you so much for sharing uh, about the model. But now, tell us more about you as as a lawyer and and a person. So. What is your legal background? Which areas are you an expert in? I, I started um, my career in the mid-90s, uh, qualified in Ireland. And when I came over to the UK, I had the privilege of working for uh, Norton Rose, or Norton Rose Fulbright, as is known today. Left there, in, uh, I, I qualified in, in corporate finance and TMT. And I left there to become the general counsel of the uh, insurance arm of exchanging PLC, where I stayed there for, for, for 15 or so years. And uh, when I came out of, of there, I worked for State Street Bank and Capita uh, before I went off and set up Barrier Grace Law. A 
really large, wide and, you know, uh, disparate view of how legal services are to be provided, not just from a, a private practice sector you know, point of view, but also from a consumer's point of view of, of those legal services. Many times as general counsel, you get terribly frustrated listening to you know, lawyers not answering the questions that you, know, you needed help on, but just giving you know, a whole host of you know, outputs which they think might be you know, options for you to choose and consider. So, so we're very, very versed in how to provide those services in to clients in a way that makes them consumable for those clients and really valuable, really helpful. So my own personal background as, as a lawyer, I'm, I'm corporate finance and commercial. That is everything from company setups to shareholders agreements to funding documents to outsourcing arrangements, SaaS agreements, technology deals, et cetera, et cetera. So all, everything in that space in, in, in dealing with very large clients and very small clients. We look after them all equally. But fundamentally, we're deals driven and client serving. Uh, thank you for that. Very, it sounds like you have a very extensive <laughs> background and experience. Um, that's because I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, 50, 50, 52 this year. That's very exciting. Oh, that's still very young. Don't worry. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <You're hired. laughs> thank you. <laughs> so uh, you mentioned before, actually, before we got on, we started recording today about some of the challenges you faced while working from home during this pandemic, with deliveries, interrupting meetings, children running about in the background. Um, so kind of along that tack, what are the lessons you've really learned as a result of this pandemic and the, not only kind of how that's changed your business life and how that's changed the needs of your clients, but also how that's affected you and the way you operate within kind of the ethical model that you've developed. It's, it's so incredible. I was, I was listening to the radio this morning and they're, they're now talking about lockdown, lockdown fatigue. And, you know, I went to go and buy the newspapers from the corner shop this morning afterwards and the shop owner was saying how business was down people don't have money to buy you know food where they might shop three times a week they're now shopping one time a week uh, and and you can see where the huge pinch on people is coming from and where it's going to and i think we need to have an enormous amount of empathy to our fellow human beings, to, to people who are going through really, really rough times, to you know, not just our generation who've got to go and you know, pay mortgages and school fees and that, those sorts of things, but to our parents' generation who are you know, facing out potentially final years of their lives you know, in, in, in a very different environment to the younger generation who are being denied some of the things that our generation have been denied. You know, the freedom to go out, the freedom to study, and the freedom to go to school, and the freedom to socialize in the way that you know, young people must and need to do. So there's, there's a whole host of things that we need to have a massive degree of empathy for, which is why you know, we've, we do you know, the things that we do in, in the bits that we can help. We do our 
you know, pro bono work for SMEs that don't have any money, but you know, they are going to be the people who help this economy survive and get back on its feet again. It's not going to be the Amazons and the Googles who take all the money out of the country and plant it into their you know, offshore accounts. It's not going to be them. It's going to be the small individuals, the, 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 the small guys, you know, the 99.9% .9 of the country. You know, they're the people who are going to get this thing back on the road. So we need to be extremely empathetic and we need to be highly, highly adaptable in order to be able to go and change the way that we deal with people, the way that we look after people, the way that we interact with businesses. So, you know, pay people on time. You know, don't delay paying people because cash flow needs to circle you know, through the economy. Uh, you know, make sure that you're, you're helping people with their ability to survive because we all need that endurance to pop out the other side. We will get out the other side, obviously. How, how badly scathed? Well, you know, our, our view of the world at Harry Grace Law is by, by, you know, sharing more, by collaborating more, by working together more, we can do more and we can collaboratively earn more. And so I think that's a, a message that we need to instill in ourselves and everybody and, and make sure that we keep, you know, delivering it every day. Definitely. I, I love when you said about empathy. I think that's something that's really stood out to me is that I think people definitely remember and appreciate the empathy that certain individuals, certain organizations have shown. And I think that they'll definitely remember that even when this is over, kind of the ones that were empathetic and the, the ones that haven't been. I think um, you're right. Yeah. So I, I really like that you said uh, empathy there. Thank you. You mentioned about the future generation, the younger generation before. So as you've kind of created this whole business model, with the younger and future generations in mind, have you got any advice for the future generations that kind of at the early stages of their career, especially in this difficult time and so much uncertainty? Wow, yeah. I mean, I must confess, I would, I would, you know, I, I would, I would hate, obviously, like everyone would, you know, to be in their circumstances. It's not fair that's life and you've got to go and deal with it and it is about the things that i spoke about a few minutes ago it's about endurance and it's about adaptability and you know if, if if you want to have a career in law you know you need to be adaptable and you need to have endurance so keep going because this is the, the first of many hurdles and many tests that you're going to go and do and by the time you've come out of college and you've got your exams and you become a lawyer there will be models like Ira Grace Law available to people who want to go and you know, further career you know, through our you know, equality of opportunity angles and processes. There are many, many other firms, you know, brilliant firms. You know, the, 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 the traditional firms are amazing for, for scooping in and, and helping you know, the, the younger generation and training them up and making them amazing. It's just unfortunately, as they get further on the career, they get squeezed out a little bit. But you know, there are other models, there are brilliant models that enable people to have a work-life balance and really achieve the things that they want to achieve without having to go into the you know, 16 hour a day working in, in, in a corporate slave factory. You know, there are brilliant, brilliant other ways of doing things, you know, but, but none of them is, is perfect. None of them is, is, is right. They'll just be right for you. 
Yeah, no, certainly. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that answer, Lindsay. And then lastly, just wanted uh, for you to let everyone know where they can connect with you online on your socials (laughs) (laughs) so i we're we're using obviously linkedin is is our you know go-to social media point of preference and through you we're going to be you know expanding a huge amount into other areas just so that people can hear our message and understand what we're about and you know can make up their own minds can make up their own decisions as to you know is this the right thing for them or, or do they prefer other models? And, and as I say, there are there are great models uh, out there. You know, if you if you, you know, I've got enormous respect for the the very large city institutions, and for some people that model really works for them. Uh, I, I suspect for for many 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 others, models like ours is is wonderful for you know the things that you can do with it, the flexibility, the adaptability you can create, and and the like. So. We're on social media, we're on LinkedIn, a little bit on Facebook, but coming more. And <laughs> a little bit on Twitter. But yeah, so so contact us there. Great. And Thank also you, on www.aria-grace.com. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> on the website, yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Anything else you would like to add uh, as we close close things up for today? No, I think it's wonderful. I, I, I love this podcast. Yeah, I hope to hear lots and lots more of these. Yes, we will certainly be having lots more coming to to you all uh, in the coming weeks. So definitely keep an eye out on all the major podcast platforms and there'll be updates on all of the Aria Grace social media channels. Um, so you know as soon as a new podcast episode is live, for you to enjoy so thank you everyone for listening today thank you Lindsay, for your time and uh, thank you talking us to those points thank you and uh to everyone listening we will see you all in the next episode of ethics and law in session